Welcome to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Alongside me, as always, or across from me, as always, I guess if you're if you want to look inside the podcast, we need it, to get some visuals it's, in it, here at some yeah, point. It's not we're not next to each other, so it's not really alongside me. It's across from me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A Abdallah. We talk all things MMA and UFC with you every single week, unless they're off, because then we're off too. <laughs> well, we could usually find usually. something to yeah, talk about. We but. can. But we've got a UFC fight night to preview. But first, Jordan, let us talk about a great UFC 285. I, I mean, it was, we, I think the main event was handicapped pretty well on your part. Like having uh, John Jones early as plus money. I mean, he went all the way up to minus 175, minus 180 before the fight went off, before that main event went off. And he proved. Uh, for everyone that despite having three years off and looking a little pudgy on the sky, I told you he was a little chunk. I told you he was. He well, looked, when you put on 25 to 30 pounds, no matter where you put it on, you're going to look a little pudgy. But I told you he looked a little soft. He looked a little, not like soft as in the sense of like he was going to get beat or anything, but he looked a little doughy. Looked a little, a little doughy, doughy on the scale. But again, he's going to, you know, come into his body. He's always been a, a very thin and long and tall, light heavyweight. And a lot of people were surprised by his ability year after year fight after fight to cut down to 205 but yeah handicapped correctly well actually originally not handicapped correctly i mean i grabbed him at at john jones at plus money Mm -hmm. so that was a very good main event for me i mean there's two sides of the coin the fight card was awesome yeah the the main the the main card every single fight on there even the bone nickel one minute dismantling we told you told you had we had that first round submission had that one i mean that was great the fights were awesome Rachmanov, like, won a lot of fans over with his third-round finish of Jeff Neal. The Alexa Grasso, I mean, if you bet that live and you bet her via submission, you are set for the next few months, without a doubt. So the fight card was awesome. My picks, my selections, my handicaps, not so much. That's why there's always another fight card to go to. And like, look, I get it. Sometimes you make bad picks, but it does. I I like sitting down. And even if we, if you win two out of the three fights or two out of the five fights, whatever. I mean, uh, to have nickel by submission in the first round was minus one hundred five. I thought that was really good. To have John Jones, you know, throw that into a parlay with something if you wanted to, that was good. I mean, look. If you thought that it, it, exactly like you said, if you if you had Alexa Grasso to win that fight, cool, I get it. Picking an underdog, saying that uh, that you know the last fight um, that Shevchenko went to was uh, went to the distance and like it, 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 you know she was kind of rocked in that fight a little bit, but ended up winning by split decision in that fight. You want to take the underdog, I get that. But if you had Grasso by submission in that fight, then like you said, great, and that's all. And she celebrated. Like she had just, like, she had beaten a world heavyweight, you know? Like, and as she should. She beat the best fighter in that division. That's what she did. And good for her. And it was a great fight. That's fine. Exactly. And that, and that's, that is the beauty of the sport. That's the beauty of what I'm doing from a handicapping standpoint. And, I mean, look, I could talk about the fact that I was wrong on Trevin Jones over Cody Garbrandt. But in the third round, Trevin Jones fought the way I thought he was going to fight the first mm-hmm. two rounds. And he had Cody Garbrandt. In a lot of trouble. Valentina Shevchenko could have finished the fight in the second and third round when she had that arm triangle choke. Mm-hmm. And I had the under at yep. three and a half. Rachmanov had Jeff Neal on skates in yep. the second round. I yep. had the under at two and a half. That didn't cash. And look, I also thought that Derek Brunson was going to win his fight. It wasn't one of my official plays, but I thought he was going to. He won the first round. 10-9. Yeah. Easy. 
and then he got stopped. I'm not, I'm not making excuses, but I think that there is a significant difference between handicapping fighting and handicapping other sports. Like looking at stats from other sports and saying this team, you know, they're they're horrible from this three point percentage. Like they do do all this stuff in back to backs. Like like if you like, I'll take an example. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Last night, my dumbass bet the Warriors. I should have known the Warriors on the road this year are freaking horrible, and I shouldn't have touched it with a ten foot pole, but I did because the Thunder are bad. And guess what? The Thunder won that game. And I shouldn't have touched it because the stats will tell you, look at the numbers, the Warriors have been horrendous on the road this year. They're great at home. Horrendous on the road. That's an easy stat to look at. You get into a fight, and the wrong slip on the mat could result in someone slipping into a submission, and you're done. And that's it. That's the fight. You know, a quick... A, some, how many fights have we lost by someone literally getting kicked in the face? Like, kicked in the face... The wrong guidance from coaches in between rounds. Exactly. Suspect judging. Yes, but I still love doing it. Of course. We've consistently course. been winning year after year. Of course. We're not starting off 2023 on a good note. That's but look, fine. we've got fights. I'm going to have selections. And if you want to play them, fatjacksports.com. Absolutely. And Fat Jack has been on fire in college uh, basketball. This is the time to get signed up for Fat Jack Sports. You've got the conference tournaments going on right now. March Madness, Selection Sundays this Sunday. You've got March Madness in the tournament starting next week. It's going to be awesome. Get signed up for Fat Jack Sports at fatjacksports.com. Is your is your team the tide? Like, is your college basketball yeah. team Alabama? Yes, because, and they weren't until Nate Oates got the job because I actually have a family connection to Nate Oates, which is weird. Not a, not somebody you want to be, like, touting right now. No, why not? What's he doing? What did, he, what did Nate Oates do wrong? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm looking. Look, Nate Oates is going by what police and the AD and the school is telling him to do. He's playing Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller, by the account of the law enforcement, did nothing wrong. All he did was drive Look, someone. I'm going to make the same argument on Mike Clevenger. You know, okay, with the White Sox. And the, and there's there's physical evidence of that though. Like that's that you can. Okay, that's fine. that's a little different. I feel like, but with with Brandon Miller and like Alabama. So my my cousin, my my mom's side of the family is from Michigan. They all live in Michigan. My cousin taught at the school when Nate Oates was the coach at that school, and they're friends at that school. So he knows. Nate Oates. So as soon as Nate Oates got the job, he texted me. He's like, dude, your school just made the hire. And I was like, I don't know who the hell this Nate Oates guy, like Buffalo or whatever. Like, I don't know anything about this dude. And then it turns out uh, he's coach of the year in the SEC. Brandon Miller's player of the year in the SEC. But like, according to the letter of the law, Brandon Miller did nothing wrong. It's this isn't Jalen Carter, where Jalen Carter was actually charged with stuff like Brandon Miller has not been charged with anything. He's cooperating with police, and they're t- saying he can play. So why wouldn't you play the best player it's, in the country? Are they, are they going to be on your bracket on the uh, on, on the, the fridge? fridge? Well, Tyler Aki fills out the bracket for us. He is the basketball savant, basketball you every Sunday at uh, 11 a.m. And catch that on the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app as well. The, he fills out the, the Black and Abdallah bracket for us. But if there is not... Alabama in the final four, I will be putting it up there under protest. Okay. Like, I will protest this, and I think he knows that, that Alabama's got I have a future on Alabama to win it. I have a future on Alabama to go to the final four. I think this is their... They have the best player in the country. You can't... Like, regardless of whether you believe he should be playing or not, and I, I'm kind of on the side that until this is played out, he probably shouldn't be playing right now, but he's the best player in the country. 
He's going to be the first college player drafted in the NBA draft, not aside from Wembenyama and Scoot and all that kind of stuff. He's going to be three or four taken. He's going to, he is the best player in college basketball right now. Should he be playing? Probably not. But he, he is, is playing. He's playing because by the letter of the law, he did nothing wrong. Anyway, on to UFC fight night. Yeah. We've got a good one. We've got, uh, we've got a decent one. We've got three very good fights that we're going to talk about on this main card. Our first one is a fight that should have happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was supposed to be February 25th to, to uh, headline a UFC fight night. It's Nikita Krylov against Ryan Spahn. Ryan Spahn is plus 132. Nikita Krylov is minus 170. Uh, if you want to, just go back and listen to our preview from a couple weeks ago for this fight. I don't know how much has changed in the last few weeks. Other than, you know, obviously uh, Krylov was sick that day, but he's still the favorite, so I don't see... There, there isn't anything that's changed from, from a, the, the money line and who, who Vegas thinks is going to win the fight, and I still, I still agree that Krylov should be the favorite, but I don't believe he should be as favored as he now currently is and as he was three weeks ago. I selected Nikita Krylov. I gave it out as a fat jack pick to win on the money line. I will not be doing that this week because of three variables. One, we don't have any news or information on what the actual illness was that prevented Krylov from stepping into the octagon. He weighed in, he weighed in fine, and then the next day they canceled the main event. So we have no information on what that illness was. Secondly, this is now a catchweight fight. It's no longer at 205, it's a 215. So that means that Ryan Spann, who cuts a tremendous amount of weight to get to 205, does not have to go through two grueling weight uh, cuts in a row over the span of three weeks. And number three, and very important to how you're handicapping this fight, it is now a three-round fight, not what was scheduled to be a five-round main event fight. Mm -hmm. That two things. So those three variables, all three of them, favor Ryan Spann. Not having to cut the weight, heavier weight, and not going five rounds. So we going with the so, dog here. So the no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to have an official play on the winner. I'm Ooh. still going to release the under at two and a half. Okay. I believe one of these guys is getting finished. I still believe it'll be either be Ryan Span early, early onslaught round, round and a half to get Nikita Krylov out of there. If not, wrestling, grappling, and submissions are going to take over. I still believe Nikita Krylov wins the fight, but it's not a confidence play anymore because of those variables. But I certainly wouldn't understand or wouldn't disagree if you're going to go with Ryan Spann, the dog, because of what's happening, you know, come fight night on Saturday. All right, so our method of victory here, if we're looking for those, uh, Krylov by submission is plus 250. Krylov by knockout is plus 270. Span by knockout is plus 340. Span by submission is uh, plus 550. And Krylov by points and span by points, which you don't think is going to happen, is uh, plus 610 to 1, uh, respectively. Looking for the time props here. I'm looking of will the fight go the distance? No is minus 650. I'm not seeing an over-under right now. I'll keep looking while you comment on those method of Well, I think the three me. most likely scenarios are Krylov via submission, and that was the first thing, I believe, off the board. Mm -hmm. The second thing would be if you believe Ryan Spann's going to win the fight, he's likely to win it via knockout. So that plus 350 is... Is certainly juicy. You get those odds up a little bit more if you think he's going to win straight up. And the third one would be Krylov via decision. I 
think Krylov controlling on the ground, using his grappling. Span has given up takedowns before, has had the fight off of his back. He really uses his power and his athleticism, not a lot of you know a skill set standpoint to get up from off the ground. So I think that you know Krylov via decision, probably the third most likely scenario, but I do like Krylov via submission uh, probably as my most favorable play on the board. Yeah, all I'm seeing right now is will the fight go the distance, yes or no? I'm trying to look uh, to see if maybe the FanDuel app has something that I'm not seeing where I usually uh, go to find this stuff here. If uh, Look here. Hold on. Let's go UFC. This is this is a podcast, so this doesn't matter. We can do this on a podcast. I mean, right now I've got, I've got it I mean? listed at a different site at under one and a half. Under one and a half, yeah. Minus, yeah, I've got minus 165 okay. at under one so and a half. So FanDuel has not released it. Yeah, it's just got the fight doesn't go to yeah. decision at minus 650. Okay. Yeah, that mean not, not, not worth it whatsoever, I believe. All right, so we'll just go with the under there, under one and a half for Span and Krylov. Our next fight, our co-main event, Two Alexanders. Which Alexander are you going with? Alexander Volkov at plus 128 or Alexander Romanov at minus 164? This is the big boys. These are the heavyweights with two different styles of fighting. Here uh, you've got uh, Volkov. Uh, he's tall, rangy, can can you know get in there and strike. And then you've got Romanov fights a little bit of different style, but he is the favorite here. It's minus 165 here for Alexander Romanov. What do you like in this fight? Well, I like Romanov's uh, grappling and wrestling coming mm-hmm. into this fight. I think that Volkov at times has, has been shown the ability to be taken down. I think of the Curtis Blades fight that they had in the main event. And while, you know, Volkov came on late in that fight, showcased some very good cardio, likely he'll have an advantage in that and he'll have an advantage on the feet. But Romanov, I think, is special. He tore up the regional scene in Russia, came in with a lot of notoriety. And up until his last fight, you know, the loss to Marcin Tabora, who's a very well-rounded, skilled heavyweight, never going to be a champion, probably likely never going to be in the top five, but bested Romanov. And obviously all undefeated fighters at some point have a blemish on their, on their resume. It happens. And Romanov, you know, had that fate. I expect him to bounce back and, and go back to the bread and butter of those takedowns, but it's curious because, you know, Volkov's been in there with the best, um, and, and and he has shown an ability also to uh, weather storms. So I think an interesting play actually is the over at one and a half. I think, you know, Volkov tendency to keep fight at distance, utilize his length, utilize his reach. Romanov also probably doesn't want to get dirty early in this fight, maybe try and tire a little bit of Volkov out. So I... I my official play would be over one and a half on this fight. All right, so the over in the Alexander fight, both Alexanders, one with one less E. One uh, Romanov has Which one less nickname E. nickname do you like more, Drago or King Kong? Ooh. Well, Drago lost. Did. So, so King Kong. You like King Kong, so you like Romanov. Yeah. Okay, there we go. All right, that's there pick. we go. Our uh, method of victories here, uh, we're going to go, there's Volkov to win by knockout at plus 300. Uh, Romanov to win by knockout, also plus 300. Romanov to win by decision at plus 400. And Volkov to win by decision at plus 400. And the subs are just not worth it. Actually, take that back. Romanov to win by submission is plus 250 uh, for that one. Romanov to win by sub if you like the wrestling better and you think it's going to go under, then maybe Romanov by sub at plus 250 is worth the Yeah, sprinkle. I just, you know, I just don't see Volkov as a guy to get submitted a ton. I'd have to look at his resume to see if it's ever happened. I could see an arm triangle choke maybe coming into play. Romanov utilizing, you know, his base and his weight. I, I, he'll probably be the bigger fighter, even though he's not, you know, as tall um, as Volkov. But I think 
because of understanding, you know, again, those variables. It's not the statistics, it's the variables. How is Romanov going to bounce back after suffering the first loss of his career, a fight that he was expected to win and, in my opinion, gets a step up in competition in Alexander Volkov, a guy that's been in heavyweight fights, been in main events, been a champion in other organizations. And Volkov has had to deal with wrestlers before. And albeit that he's lost fights in the weirdest ways, Derek Lewis always comes to mind when I think of Alexander Volkov winning the fight for you know 14 minutes and 50 seconds and then losing the fight in 10 seconds, the Black Beast landing a bomb and knocking out Volkov. So I think it's just safe to do the over one and a half tendency on both heavyweights. If you need to have a play, I would go with Romanov. I, I like the wrestling he's going to bring to the game. All right, so Romanov and the under in that one at one and a half. Our main event, Peter Jan, minus 280. He's on a two-fight skid. He is the heavy favorite here, minus 280 against Marab Dvashvili. Dvashvili comes in uh, as the takedown king. He's hit uh, take. He's got 46 takedowns during his current run of success, eight straight, but also hitting double-digit takedowns twice. He is plus 210 in this fight. This should be a very good fight despite the odds. Exactly. I think it's a fantastic matchup. Marab Divishvili finally gets his accolades, a chance to headline a fight, headline it against a former champion. Marab Divishvili has won eight fights in a row, should be nine. He lost uh, similarly to um, Magomed Ankalaev, the final seconds of mm. a round that he was winning for 15 minutes, and he got submitted by Ricky Simone uh, way back when. But since then, he's won eight fights in a row. If you want some entertainment, go lo- go watch his last uh, second-to-last fight against Marlon Moraes. That fight was crazy for two rounds. It was like a 10-8 round for Marlon Moraes and then a 10-7 round for Marab Divishvili until he got the finish in that second round. I question the takedown defense of Peter Jan. It's been good. It hasn't been great. We saw him get a little bit lazy uh, against Aljamain Sterling who is the teammate of Barab Divishvili coming from the same camp. So mm-hmm. this will now be now the third fight in a row that Ray Longo, uh, the Ray Longo Sarah team, have prepared for Peter Yan. Twice for Aljamain Sterling and now for uh, for Marab Divishvili. Divishvili certainly is not going to have the stand-up advantage. Peter Yan is a fantastic striker, very strong in the pocket, carries the power for three or five rounds. He was brilliant against Corey Sanhagen. But then, you know, the, the, the loss against Sugar Sean O'Malley is very curious because a lot of people scored it initially for Jan. When you look back, you look at Sugar Sean, maybe won that fight. Um, I think there's value on Marab Divishvili at plus 220 right now. Oof. Just the combinations of what we saw for takedowns. Marab's not going to mess around. How hard he can go. Five rounds of hard fighting. The machine, I don't believe, is going to tire the preparation, I love the Sarah Longo camp. I think they always have their guys prepared. The issue is that it's it's curious to think about a guy in Peter Jan uh, losing as many fights consistently as talented as he is. Now, mm-hmm. granted, one of the losses was a fight he was winning, and then he made the dumbest of all dumb mistakes and you know threw an illegal strike, need a downed opponent, and lost the fight via disqualification to Aljamain Sterling. But still... Question marks remain about Peter Jan, and, and has he plateaued? Because I don't believe Marab Divishvili has. All right, that's a, that's all things good to consider, especially that the uh, the rivalry thing with Dvashvili and Sterling training together, and this being the third fight in a row uh, that this camp has against Peter Jan. So Jan by points is plus 120. Jan by knockout is plus 260. Dvashvili by points is plus 330. Dvashvili by knockout is 
12 to 1. And Dimashvili by submission is 14 to 1. Jan by submission, 18 to 1. Well, uh, I think so, right I think right there. So then my play has to be Divashvili uh at at via decision. Okay. I don't see him finishing Peter Jan. Okay. So plus three thirty. Balloon that up from two ten to three thirty. Certainly it makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so our our picks here are uh, Span and Krylov under one and a half, Romanov minus one sixty five and over one and a half in that fight, and then Marab Dvashvili plus two ten, and also sprinkle a little bit on that plus three thirty by points there. Anything else? There's a couple other fights on this main card and also the undercard that uh, might tickle your fancy. I'm gonna go Davy Grant on the money line in the prelims at a dollar seventy against Rafael Asuncao. Davy Grant has a long bantamweight, carries power, good jujitsu. Javier Asunso, I think, was on his way out the door of his mixed martial arts career, but then had a big victory, an upset victory over Victor Henry uh, his last time out. But I don't believe Javier Asunso at his age. The speed isn't there anymore. Uh, Davy Grant's going to carry too much power for three rounds, do enough significant damage to get a three-round decision victory. So Davy Grant on the money line at $1.70. All right, and we'll listen. We don't have a parlay today, but we're not going to force a parlay because if there's if it's not there, we're just not going to do it. That's not how that's not how we work. If it comes naturally, you don't want to just force bets in there. If it comes naturally, it comes naturally. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So a break for the uh, the parlay. We're one and one. Uh, this year in the parlay so far, we hit one a couple weeks ago. We lost the one last week, but that's okay. We'll be back maybe next week with another parlay for you guys as we're getting uh, some good fights here, some good uh, uh, pay-per-views coming up here, including our guy Bilal. Is, 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 he's not fighting, but he's, you know, he's He's, he's there. making the social rounds. Hey, look. Someone's got to vouch for him, he right? Was wearing so, a, I loved it. He's wearing a Bulls t-shirt at the so, pay-per-view last yeah, week. Yeah, of course. Listen, he, he's going to represent for the city, and someone has to give this man a fight like he's the backup right now just in case someone drops out, but I don't think anybody's going to be dropping out of that fight. Um, but, you know, some someone give give our guy a fight. Why not? Why not? I don't see. Is I he mean, going to London? He's the backup for London next week, isn't he's, he? He's got to be going to London, right? So yeah, he'll he'll be in London for Edwards Usman three, which right. is a great one. UFC two eighty six. We'll be previewing that next week. I mean, you've got Justin Gagey on this card. You've got uh, let's see, Brian Barberena on this card. Marvin Vittori on this card. You've got the main event, Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman, like we mentioned on this card. This is a this is a very very good card. This is in London. No Patty the Batty. Nothing? No, Patty the Batty is getting surgery done, so he's going to be out till the, the fall. If really? Not the winter, yeah. Okay. All right. No Molly, no meatball? Nothing? Nothing. Come I got on. Jay Herbert. All right. <laughs> All right. I guess. Jack Shore. Okay. There you Ma- go. Ma- Mequan uh, Americani. Mr. Okay. F- Mr. Finland. All Love right. That guy. There you go. And on that note, we'll end the uh, Unnamed MMA Podcast. He's Jordan Sherwood. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. Get signed up now for all of the March Madness picks from FatJack. You can follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week to preview UFC 286 on the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.